my name is Pastor Thad Thomas of Abundant Living Ministries. Today, I want you to enjoy this message of expansion. It's only a taste of how God wants us to expand spiritually, physically, financially. If you want the full message, go to our website at ALM.org. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2 and 3, it says, Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Every time I read that scripture, I get so excited that I can enlarge myself anywhere I go. I can claim where my feet go, It's mine, because I have a promise from God through his word. Living in obedience, living in obedience to God's word brings forth expansion. Living in an obedience to God's word brings about expansion. I want you to hear that. Understanding Isaiah chapter 54, if we are willing and obedient to what it says in Isaiah 54, we will be blessed. We will live in the blessing of God. We will see enlargement. We will, see, we will have expansion. Our right hand, our left hand, it doesn't matter. Our seed shall inherit the Gentiles. In other words, those that are not of the covenant of God. And trust me, there is a lot of people out there that are not in covenant with God. There's a lot of people in the, in, that are in the body of Christ that are not in covenant with God. How do I know that? Based upon obedience. But living in obedience to God's word brings about expansion. What are the five things that we need to be obedient every day in our livelihood? Love the Lord thy God. Love thy neighbors. Study to show thyself approved. Pray without ceasing and go where the Holy Spirit tells us to go. Those simple five things, if we would put to practice those five things in loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbors as ourselves, study to show that it's proof from the God. Study this word every day. Make it applicable in our life. Pray without ceasing. A continuous prayer in our life all day, and go where the Holy Spirit... We're going to be blessed. We're going to see enlargement. Expansion's going to take place spiritually, physically, financially. Why? Because God is bound by his word. It says in the scripture, this word that we read from Genesis to Revelation is above God's name. Now God's all-powerful, all-knowing and everywhere, but his word is above his name. So that tells me, and that tells the church, that God is bound to this word. And if he says to obey, guess what? Obey. If he tells you to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, guess what? I think it's important to love him. If he tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves, I think it's important to love our neighbor as ourselves. How many people love you, love yourself? Come on, raise your hand. You know you love yourself. You ladies out there, you spent about an hour and a half fixing yourself up. Because if you didn't, you would have came out of here with rollers. 
in your head, your weave not ready. Man, you wouldn't even shaved. Oh yeah, even though I have a beard, I still shave today. My head's glistening. Study. You got to be ready because we never know who's going to come through these doors and we can't assume they know everything because they don't. We can't understand. We, don't, we can't assume that they, that they know there's only one way to heaven. When out there, there's telling you there's every direction outside of God. And there is, no outs- there is no other way to heaven but by Jesus. Religion will not get you to heaven. Being good enough is not going to get you to heaven. There was only one man that was good, and his name was Jesus. And he allowed himself not to be good anymore, so he took sin upon him, and he defeated it. Hallelujah. So these five things are simple things if we just apply them in our life. ALM say this, because of Jesus, I can live in obedience. Because of Jesus, I can live in obedience. Because of Jesus, I can live in obedience. One who knew no sin became sin. Because of one man's sin, and according to Romans chapter 5, it brought sin into the world. But because of one man's obedience, first Adam disobeyed. Second Adam, which is Jesus Christ, obeyed. And it brought redemption. Hallelujah. All supplies that we need to establish obedience has been given. All the supplies that we need to establish obedience in our everyday life has been given. How do I know that? Because I hold it in my hand. It's a lamp under my feet, a light under my path. I hide its word in my heart. Why? So I might not sin against God. All the supplies that I need everyday livelihood and everyday livelihood and living out obedience has been given to me, has been given to you. How many of you before, as you were getting ready, opened up the word today? Even though you may be coming to church, does that mean you don't read the word? I still read the word. What are you doing? You're preparing yourself. Because the devil's out there. Yes, I said it. The devil's out there. And he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's out there. There's wolves out there in sheep clothing. And they come in the form of family, friends, neighbors, co-workers. And a lot of them say they believe in God, but they will chew you up and spit you out. With a smile on their face, wiping their mouth and say, I didn't do that to you. We have been given all the supplies that we need to live life more abundantly. All of it's been given to us. Can you say amen? Now go to Joshua chapter one. 
Now, I have been studying in Joshua. I've been in Joshua. Because that was when God told me, he says, you need to talk about obedience. Well, I says, well, there's a lot of scripture on obedience, but I went to Joshua because I think it's very important because, because God was laid the foundation of obedience for the children of Israel and in going into the promised land because they were not going to come out of the wilderness still the same way because what got them in the wilderness was disobedience. It was never God's purpose for them to wander in the wilderness. It was never God's purpose for all those people that came out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. God never did that. They brought that upon themselves because all they did was murmur and complain and come against Moses day after day, night after night. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to stone him. They say, oh, it's better being a slave in Egypt. It's amazing how when you become so institutionalized, you believe that. And when you're so, when you are a slave to sin, you believe it. That there is no other way. But I'm here to tell you, there is another way. And it's God's way. And God says, no, you're going to change your ways before you step into the promised land. You're going to have to obey me. Even though he said that all through, the, all through that time in the wilderness, but they complained and complained, and they were just, as the Bible says, as God says, they're nothing but a bunch of stiff-necked people. And when you're so full of disobedience, you become stiff-necked. You become hard. And God, and God says, nope, this ain't going to happen. So that generation, all those generations that came out of Egypt and saw all the miracle working power of God, they all died. It was their generations, their children and their children's children that entered in into the promised land. So God had to reinforce who he was to his covenant people. And now we see in Joshua chapter 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, minister, minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. The old ways are dead. The old way of doing things are dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I... I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place, say that. That the sole of your foot shall tread upon, and that I, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness unto, and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, unto the, the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man, say any man, be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Now here he's, this is God speaking to Joshua here. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. 
Be strong of good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper where, where, whither, whithersoever thou goest. This, the, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. When? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. Now here's God's having dialogue with Joshua. Yes, God will have dialogue with his people. How many of you would love to have a dialogue with God? Guess what? You do every day through Genesis to Revelation. Every day God is speaking. That's what's great about God. Every day, God. Now there's only one God. And we don't have to walk around a rock to figure out who God is. Because I know they're celebrating that, the pilgrimage. They were all yesterday across the street. They took every place up. And of course, my big old truck had to get in there and say, excuse me, I'm getting my truck in here where I live. But hey, I still talk to them. I saw a couple of them yesterday when I was, I was outside. Hey, hey. Still love them, even though they're lost. But that's okay. Love covers a multitude of sin. They ain't gonna die and go to hell. As long as I'm there, they're gonna know Jesus loves them. They're gonna know the true God. Hallelujah, don't shout me down. But here's God speaking to Joshua. Because Joshua only knew one thing, the leading of Moses. Whatever Moses told him to do, Joshua did, without question. When Moses gathered the spies, and he sent the spies in numbers, he sent the spies out, the 12 spies. He sent them out with orders. They all came back. But only two stood upon the truth. They all said what the land was, the promised land will flow and make it live. They all agreed upon that. But then the 10 of them decided to give a bad report. And Joshua and Caleb were the only two that did not give a bad report. They said, yes, they're giants in the land, but we can take them. Let's take them now. Let's not wait. We can take them as God did for all of us all through coming here. God's not gonna forsake us now. He got us up to this point, why would God stop? Because the wilderness was not the promised land. That was promised disobedience. Because when you disobey, a curse comes upon you. We'll get that in a second. 
But God is dialoguing with Joshua, and he's telling me, things are changing, Joshua. It's time to go over into the promised land. And yes, who you've served, my prophet, is dead now, and I look to you. Obedience was the groundwork that God was laying down for Joshua to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. And that obedience was the key to Joshua's reign. God changes not. Neither does his purpose, plan, and expectation. Well before Moses, well before Joshua and Moses, well before all when there was in Israel, God promised Abraham a nation. And God is a God of his word. And God reminded Joshua of his word. And he said, I promised an inheritance to, your peop- to the people of Israel. And I am a God of my word. But you need to understand something, Joshua, to walk in that inheritance that I have for Israel. You have to lay the groundwork of obedience. So what does Joshua do after God dialogues with them? He tells the people in Joshua chapter three, verse five, it says, and Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. He said, sanctify themselves. They could not be defiled because they were stepping into the new. They could not have the old ways of living on them. They needed to cleanse themselves. They had to because they were stepping into the new. Just like when we all go to heaven, you can't go to heaven with filthy rags. You can't go to heaven a sinful person. No, what do you do? You sanctify yourself through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It washes your sins away. And when you step into heaven, you're no longer a sinner saved by grace. No, no, you ain't a sinner anymore. You are born again. You are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Why do people still think they're a sinner saved by grace? No, you're not a sinner saved by grace. You're you're redeemed. You're a chosen generation royal priesthood. If you still claim in a sinner, that means you're still sinning. You have a problem with obedience. Obedience was the key to Joshua's reign. God took Joshua the warrior and made him a leader of Israel. God took Joshua the warrior and made him a leader of Israel. Everything that Joshua saw in leadership died with Moses. Everything that he thought, why? Because Moses was the prophet. God spoke to Moses. Moses spoke to the people. And when Moses died, that changed. And God elevated Joshua, no longer as a warrior, but as a leader to Israel. God was doing a new thing. 
Just think today. Just think God, how God can change us if we just follow Joshua's footsteps of obedience. Just how, just think how God can change our role in our everyday life. Joshua was a warrior. When Moses told him to go, Joshua led the, led the army and they conquered and conquered and conquered and conquered. Why? Because he was under the leadership of Moses. But now Moses is no longer. And God elevated Joshua as leader. Just think how God can change you if we can just follow in the footsteps of Joshua through of obedience. Where many people go wrong, where, 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 where so many of us go wrong is thinking God's methods need to be tweaked or changed to measure up with today's technology. God's ways don't need to be tweaked. Technology, God is still far beyond what, oh, we can't even get to Mars. Many out there believe we never went to the moon. Some of us believe the world is only flat. But to God, nothing's impossible. God is the creator of the universe. If God wants us to be in Mars, he can snap his fingers. We're in Mars. If God wanted man to be in Mars, the technology would already be there. And the reason why the technology is not there is because God has not foreseen man is capable in having the understanding in going to Mars. I don't care how much money Elon Musk has or Bill Gates or what's the guy of Amazon, Bezos, or any other guru you may know. I don't care. God is the God of the universe. And this is not, our universe is not the only universe. See, we only can see so far, but God sees everything. He sits on the circle of the earth. That's how I know the earth is round. Because he sits on the circle of the earth. So that tells me the earth is round. Why? How do I know that? Because the scripture says so. God foresees everything. Man is incapable unless God deems it to be. That's how I know the climate out there will not destroy the earth. As long as... And that debunks all the climate changers. Why does it get hot? Because of the rotation of the earth. They just proved that the other day. And it's been like that for thousands of years. I didn't say billions, I said thousands. They've already debunked. It doesn't take that long to make a fossil. When they say, oh, this is twirling, this is a billion years old. No, it only takes thousands of years to make that. They found it. Why? It's because it's all right here in the word. If you want to know something, look to God. God doesn't need tweaking. God doesn't need to change nothing. It works. Remember, he's the alpha 
and the omega, the beginning and the end. You don't need to change nothing. Why reinvent the will when it was a God idea for a will? God don't need your help. God, how was Adam able to name the animals? God, God, we know he named it because I'll read it, it's in Genesis. He named the animals of their kind. How was Noah able to build an ark that has never been built before, never been seen before at that measure? God, how did a boy named David kill a giant? A giant that was over 10 feet tall and he was a little runt. God, how did Israel defeat an army of a million? God, because Israel didn't have to pick up a slingshot, a sword, or nothing. God walked in. Why? Because he said to Joshua, all the way back in Joshua chapter one, I will be with you. <sighs> what did he say? Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon and that I have given unto you, as I said, in other words, everywhere your foot, that's Israel's, that's Israel's, that's Israel's. That's why I laugh at all those countries that live around them and threaten them that we're going to annihilate them. We're going to wipe them off the face of the earth. No, you're not. Bring it. Let's see it now. Come on. I've seen Megiddo. I've been there. It's luscious. It's ready for the battle. Come on, bring it. Gog and Magog. Come on, China. Come on, Russia. The scripture says in Revelation, the blood is going to be up to the horse's rein. That means, what does that tell you? Horse's rein. That means if that's a horse's rein, so I guess tanks ain't going to work. I guess we depleted all the oil. They're going to have to rear horses. Come on. I laugh. Anytime these, these countries come and say, we're going to do this, I'm like, do it then. Do you realize Israel, you could put it in the side of, you could put Israel all in the side of Florida. Florida's bigger. And you have all those countries that can think they're going to do this and they're going to do that. I'm like, then do it. Oh, we won't do it because of America. Yeah, really? Because of America? What a joke. You know why China is doing what they're doing, why Russia's doing? Because they understand the word more than America does. Because it's been prophesied. God and Magog. The dragon, the bear. I feel sorry for you dragons out there. Your birthdays are dragons. You believe that's Chinese zodiac garbage. I'm a boar. That's why I like pig. I'm joking. God's word does not need tweaking. It doesn't need to be changed. It just needs to be obeyed. Look at the name and say, are you obedient? Just obey and follow through. 
Just obey it and follow through with it. And when I say follow through, in other words, you just don't pick up the Bible any day and say, you know, today I'm gonna follow through with what the word of God says and all the rest of the days you lived like hell. You, pled, you pleasured flesh all the other days and just one day, which is Saturday night, you got ready for God because Sunday morning, you know you didn't want to be convicted, so you got right with God Saturday or Sunday morning in the wee hours and you took a shower and as you were taking a shower, you were asking God, oh, I plead the blood, I plead the blood of Jesus over me. So when I come to church, I will not feel convicted because I did not obey God. No, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I was leaping with the devil and pleasuring flesh. You think you can mock God? It don't work that way. And what is Satan doing? Nothing. But reaping the spoils that God has created for you because you are disobedience, you didn't get it. Just be strong and of good courage. When you, when we, we, God wants us just to obey and follow through, and that means be strong and good courage. Keep the law. What do I mean by keep? The word of God. Thus saith the Lord. Meditate on it day and night. Observe to do according to all that is written. And do not be dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee. In other words, don't be fear. I didn't say the devil's not gonna tempt you because the devil's gonna tempt you every day. Why? Because that's, that's what he does. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He will not change. He will not, you know, one day be redeemed and come back as that angel of, no, he will never do that. He is forever destined for hell. And those angels that, God deceived, yes, angels. If, if the devil could deceive angels, he could deceive anybody. Those angels are gonna be forever in hell. Never created for you and me. Hell was never created for me. But what brings people to hell? What causes thievery, murder, destruction? Disobedience. Disobedience to God's word. But he's telling us to be strong and of good courage in all that is going on in the world. All of us have been affected by it financially. I understand that. But don't worry. Don't fear the pinch of the finances because God will supply all your needs. Don't stop tithing because you felt the pinch. No. Uh-uh. God changes not. Oh, I don't make what I used to make. So you change? That means God's change. No, God doesn't change. Keep the law. Meditate on the day. Observe to do according to all that is written in it. Don't be fearful of what's out there. Even though he, may come, he has come into you like a flood, God has raised a standard. And what's his name? Jesus. Obedience, 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 that is what I am stressing today. Obedience, obedience, obedience. Because if you obey, 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 thou shalt make thy way prosper, prosperous, and, thou, and then thou shalt have good success. When you obey, obey, obey God's word, thus saith the Lord, you're, you're strong and of good courage, you keep the law, you meditate on it day and night, you observe to do all according to it, and not fear what's around you, you will be prosperous, and you'll have good success. Now ask yourself today, does my life 
measure up to Joshua's obedience. Does my life, my livelihood, and how I operate day in and day night, not just in church, but come tomorrow morning, am I still a person of obedience even though I work in the midst of hellish people, I still can obey God? Does my life measure up to Joshua's obedience? This question is a big deal that I'm asking because it'll make you or break you. This question that I ask today, does our lives measure up to Joshua's obedience? This question is a very big deal in questioning because it'll, this question either will make you or break you. The promised land could not be taken till Joshua, the leader, became obedient first. The leader had to obey God before Israel could be, because as the leader goes, so does everything, everyone else. The promised land could not have been taken until Joshua, the leader, became obedient first. We cannot, this church cannot claim the north, the south, and the east and west if we are not obedient first. If we're not obedient to this vision, if we're not obedient to the word of God and this vision that God has placed on this church, what is the vision? Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus restores, and the Holy Spirit transforms. If we're not obedient because everything, all that I just said is all in the word of God, if we're not obedient to it, we cannot claim the north, the south, and the east and west. What good is the families of the north, the south, and east and west if we're a disobedient church? We're not bringing life, we're bringing a curse to them. Dominion doesn't work that way. Dominion understands obedience more than anything. ALM, it's time to live in obedience towards Isaiah 54, verse two and three. It's time to get up and get out and expand this church. Remember, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Yield to the spirit of God. He is the Lord of the harvest. It's time for us to be obedient to Isaiah chapter 4, 54, to get, to get up and get out, to go beyond these walls. I'm glad that you came to church today. I'm glad that you sit in the same pew that you sit every, every Sunday or every Wednesday. I'm so glad you keep it warm. But meanwhile, hell is widening itself. And that means your family's going to hell. That means your neighbors are going to hell. That means those that you work with every day are going to hell. Those that you do business with are going to hell. People are going to hell as I speak. Why? Because we're comfortable. We're comfortable in our pew. We're comfortable in our chair. We're comfortable in my space. But God forbid if God tells us to step out of comfort and do something for him. Jesus, you want to talk about comfortable? Jesus, the son of God, heaven's reign. For all, he was there and they praised him, they glorified him. You want to talk about becoming uncomfortable? He had to step out of glory and take on flesh. He had to step out of glory and step into sin. 
He had to step out of glory and allow sin to become sin. One who knew no sin became sin. So he's like, oh, that's uncomfortable for me to go witness. When Jesus had to step out of comfort of heaven and, and take on flesh and die on a cross. Listen to me. Do you think this cross is comfort? No. Or the process getting to the cross was comfort? No. He, had to, he gave up comfort so you can be comfortable for all eternity. So how dare we as a body of Christ or how dare we as a church called by his name say no to the Holy Ghost? We can't. Yes. It's time to sanctify ourselves from the filth of this world. It's time to separate us from, from, the, from, the, from the world's way of living. If you're living like the world, if you can identify, if the world can identify itself in you, you ain't saved. I'll say it again. If the world can identify itself in you, you ain't saved. You're not a person of obedience. Oh, I don't get no amens now. Either I'm gonna make you glad or you're gonna hate my guts. But when I stand before God, your blood will not be on my hands. I will not be judged and say, you didn't tell the people the truth. I'd rather you hate me now because what I'm telling you, I can back it up with this word right here. I can back it up. Scripture. Well, Pastor that I don't understand that. That's why we have classes. That's why you need to be here on Sunday with Brother Jeff and, and Brother Lasky. That's why you need to be here. If you don't understand what we believe, you need to be here. If you don't understand certain words that we use, you need to be here. You need to understand the scripture, the importance of this Bible, the scriptures of why God wants us to read his word, study his word, pray his word, speak his word, sow his word every day of our life. And if you don't need that, you need to be here. You need to be here for these classes. And once you get done with them, we're gonna have other classes. So you can learn, so you can know what to do because out there people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. And we cannot be the reason why they're destroyed. I love you, but I'm gonna tell you the truth. Because if I tell you the truth, the truth will make you free. But it's up to you to grab it. You're not entitled to truth. Did you hear what I said? You're not entitled to truth. You gotta come and get it. Just like I had to. We're not entitled to heaven. Don't think you're entitled to heaven. Nobody's entitled to heaven. It was through God's grace, God's willingness to get involved in your life so you can be what God's called you to be and do what he's called you to do. That's why we have Heaven is because of God's grace. And we're saved by grace through faith. Faith in who? Jesus, as the author and the finisher of her. It's not because we're entitled. Israel's not even entitled, even though they have a covenant. Do you realize because of Jesus, we, the church, have a far greater covenant than Israel ever had? We're the new covenant. That's what Acts chapter two brought in. Acts chapter two brought forth a new covenant called the church. 
When I know if you, if you talk, if I talk to people that are Jewish and all that, they will cuss me out. They will say, that's not true. Why? Because they're still hanging on to Moses. But what did God, what did God tell Mo, Joshua? Moses is dead, Joshua. It's time for you to obey me. It's time for you to step into position of leadership that, I've, that, I have pre, that I have predestined since the day of time where you will be informed in your mother's womb. I know you can pick up a sword. I know you can kill the enemy. Now it's time to lead. And how are you gonna lead? With your mouth. How many people know your mouth is sharp? Well, how do I know that? Because words are powerful. We use words every day to bless or curse. Hallelujah. Remember, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Yield to the spirit of God. He is the Lord of the harvest. It's spirit. This is, we're going to be spirit driven. You got to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm glad you have a relationship with God. I'm glad you have a relationship with Jesus. And I'm not telling you to forsake those, but it's time. This is the, this is the season of the spirit of God's outpouring. This spirit is going to be is where eyes have not seen and ears have not heard that's going to come forth out of the spirit of God where you're not going to find notation of it even though it lines up with the word of God. Joshua, God said to Joshua, I will be with you in chapter one, verse nine. And if God said to Joshua, I will be with you, he will be with his church. Give him glory. As the church called by his name, we are not alone. We have the assurance through his word. He will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says he'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. We have the assurance that God is with us at all times. And if God's with us, so is Jesus. And so is the Holy Spirit. Who is God? God is your provider. He provides for you every day. Jesus gives life to the provision of God. The Holy Spirit shows you how to use the resources of what God gives you every day. And those resources are there not only to comfort you, but to comfort those that you speak to. They all work together. And the church, who's the church? Are the recipient. Hallelujah. So we have the assurance here that just the same assurance that Joshua had in Joshua chapter one that he'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. God has never abandoned his people of obedience. Nowhere have you can read in the word of God where God has abandoned his people of obedience. No matter the circumstance or the situation looks like. He wants us to prosper and have good success spiritually, physically, and financially. Hallelujah. And everybody wants that, amen? Who wants to prosper? Who wants to have good success? And God says, hey, no matter what the circumstances may be out there, the situation may be, hey, it's my will 
for you to prosper and have good success spiritually, financially, physically and financially. Now, I say all that because I'm getting down to the nitty gritty now. Do you still love me? Or have you shut me out? Because now we're gonna get into the truth. I laid the foundation of all that God required of Joshua. And throughout all the scripture of Joshua, all 24 chapters of Joshua, God was always speaking to him. And, and the enemy came in. The enemy showed itself. City after city, people after people, they showed a matter of fact, these five kings came together. After those five kings, another set of five kings came together. All these kingdoms were coming together because they realized, man, we got to do something. And every one of them failed. Why? Because God said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that, ha that have I given unto you, as I said, they understood the promise of God. And they didn't waver in anything. God said it, I'm going to take it. Why? Because Joshua had the same attitude that he had in numbers when all the other 10 says, we can't do this, we're nothing but grasshoppers. And Joshua rent his clothes, him and Caleb rent their clothes and said, what? How can you say that when all that you've seen God do? God realized Joshua realized that God didn't forsake him then and God won't forsake him now. But what separates us from God's blessing? What separates us from God blessing us every day of our life? Disobedience. Disobedience to his word. Disobedience to the calling on that God has placed in your life will not bring blessing. And God wants you to prosper. God wants this church to prosper. God wants this church to be successful. God wants you personally to be successful. Understand something. There is money out there to be made. Don't tell me there's not because I have seen it. There is money, 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 money. You know the reason why the church doesn't have it? It's because we're comfortable sitting in our pew and long if we, we're like the woman, as long as I can just have the scraps, I'm okay. Uh-uh. I ain't eating scraps off the table of an unbeliever. No, 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 no. I'm going to sit at the table because he prepares a table before my enemies. I will, I'll dare you tell me to only eat the scraps of what the enemy left over. Uh-uh, I am a child of God. And what separates everything that God has already orchestrated for you to be prosper and to be successful, he's already done it. But what separates us is disobedience. Disobedience separates us from everything that God has already has for you. Disobedience is what brings a curse upon us spiritually, physically, and financially. Disobedience will bring a curse upon you spiritually, physically, and financially. And that curse will follow your bloodline.
That curse will follow you, even though you may think, oh, I didn't see it, it'll follow your family, bloodline. Just ask Achan. Joshua chapter seven. In Joshua chapter seven, verse 20 and 21. But let me just read over real quick. Verse one first of Joshua chapter seven. This was after the great battle of Jericho. And the next city was Ai. Ai was not a very big city. Jericho was massive. Ai was nothing. But here, verse seven, but the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, and the son of Zabd, Zabdi, and the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took of the cursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Verse 20. Now, when they came back with their tails between their legs, because they got whooped by a small little city, Joshua ripped his clothes and said, What's happened? And God said, I'll tell you what's happened. One of your people has brought a curse upon you. Some family member has brought a curse upon all of Israel. One, a little leaven will mess up the whole thing. All it takes is a little bit. When you stand before God, you cannot have zero residue of sin in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because sin is a curse. Sin was brought upon out of disobedience and disobedience birthed sin and sin steals, kills and destroys. And when you stand before God and every day all of us will all stand before God and give an account of how we lived on this earth. And you know what's gonna judge us? The word, the word of God. Who's the word? Jesus. We cannot have any residue of sin whatsoever because God can pick up on sin. He picked up on sin. Now Israel, you think about, it, they were just a little handful of people. There were millions. There were millions of them. Thousand in that tribe, a hundred thousand, thirty thousand, forty, and every tribe had their, their numbers. Go read it. It'll take you a full day. But this one man, this one man brought a curse upon all of Israel. Verse 20. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord and of Israel, and thus, and thus, and thus have I done. And when I saw among the spoils, I got a goodly Babylonian garment. A Babylonian garment. Oh, and 200 shekels of silver. And a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight. And I covet them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. Here is a man that before he crossed over, he was one of the ones that sanctified himself. Remember, Joshua said, sanctify yourself, we're going over. He sanctified himself, him and his family. So they crossed over, and they went to Jericho, and God was very specific. 
you don't touch nothing. Jericho, in a sense, was the tithe of the promised land. Jericho belonged to God. And God says, it belongs to me. Take the gold of there and put that in the, in, in, in the treasure chest, but don't touch nothing else. Everything belongs to me. It was a tithe. It was a, insert, a type of tithe to God. Now you can understand the way we preach when it comes to tithing. What belongs to God belongs to God. Don't cut yourself short when it comes to tithing. Because why? It will bring a curse upon you. I didn't say it. The word of God says it. Oh, but that's the old covenant. Go ahead and live your way. Then live your way then. Keep living the way you live. You're going to find out everybody else is blessed, but you're not. Because God's word is forever. Even though it's in the old covenant doesn't mean it changes. God didn't tweak it. He's still the same. Because if God would tweak it and change it, he would not allow what took place next into Achan's life. What happened to Achan? They brought him out, brought his family out. That means sons, daughters, chickens, goats, sheep, the dogs, the cats, even the fish. They took it all out and they stoned them all. And they burned them and they, put, they rolled a heap of rocks over them. Why? Because they were cursed. How could God do that? God's word is above his name. Does God love? Yes, God loves the world. Why? Because he created in his image and life. He out of him came the world. But his word is above his name. He demands obedience. Because if that's the case, if he would not have done that to them, that means that the Satan, Lucifer, is going to come back to heaven. Because he forgave. No. God does not change. I want you to see the importance of obedience. Obedience will bring prosperity to you and give you good success. Disobedience will cause a curse upon you. Upon you and your family. I want you to understand what I'm saying today. Living in obedience guarantees life more abundantly. But the spirit of disobedience has taken, has taken this, this spirit of disobedience has taken over the world. Why are we in the mess we're in? It's because the world is cursed. Why is certain cities murder rate higher than others? It's cursed. Sin. Oh, Florida. Oh, oh listen to me. Florida ain't out of the, is in the green. Florida's full of sin too, people. I wonder how many people died today, yesterday, last night. How many people got robbed? How many people got stolen? How many people were, were abused? Or how, many, how many children were abused? How many, how many things, how many um, abuse took place spiritually, physically, financially? It's all around. Matter of fact, 
spoke of a gentleman just moved into this place in Doral, paid $5,000. He was there. They knocked on the door and they told him, you're being evicted. He says, what do you mean I'm being evicted? I just, here's my contract, fraud. He's out $5,000. And in 24 hours, the police told him, you have to be out. Why? It's cursed. When one man sinned, read it, Romans chapter five. Adam, when Adam sinned, he brought damnation upon this earth because of disobedience. And all God told him to do is to be fruitful and multiply and take care of the garden. All he told him to do is be fruitful and multiply and take care of the garden and don't eat of the tree. One tree, one stinking tree. One stupid tree. He had every other tree. And he had to eat the apple. Why the apple? Who likes apples? I like apples, but every time I bite into an apple, it's like the stinking apple. I'm being facetious. We don't know what type of fruit it was. It could have been a mango. Oh, it could have been a coconut. Oh my Lord, not an avocado. Lord Jesus, no. Thank God it wasn't a pig. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Star fruit, kiwi, pineapple, banana, banana, orange, grapefruit. You know, if you eat grapefruit, it's supposed to help you. Oh, this fruit. No, he had to eat that one stupid tree because he was not obedient. He didn't keep the garden. He didn't protect his woman. He allowed her to get defiled by the devil. That's messed up. Then he, oh, he allows her to sleep with the devil. Then he turns around and sleeps with her. That's nasty. But we do it every day. We praise God on Sunday, but we turn around and we curse our brother and sister, even though we may think we're right, but we make fun of them, we put down, and we use our words not to bless, but to curse. That's like sleeping with the devil. We do it every day. Why? Because there's a spirit of disobedience in us, and because there's a spirit of disobedience in us that has not been crucified, we are not going to be prosper, and we're not going to have good success. The spirit of Achan is still in the world. I was talking to a girl the other day that, that I have a friend in, in Publix. I had to run in Publix and she's there. And I says, and she looked at me and she says, oh, I'm just tired. I was like, well, what'd you do all weekend? She says, oh, I was just with my friends and you know, just doing a little this. And I said, yeah, you were listening to the flesh. I said, you were listening to this. She goes, what is this? Your flesh. You were satisfying flesh and how did it make you feel the next day? Uh-huh. Flesh will lie to you because flesh only wants pleasure. Now don't get me wrong, I like pleasure, but I'm not gonna sin to get it. I'm not gonna listen to flesh because if you sow the flesh, you're gonna reap of the flesh. 
And that's exactly what we've done. And every day in societies all over this world, no matter the culture, no matter the color of the skin, no matter how much money is out there, rich and poor are still bound by flesh. They're being controlled. And because of disobedience, they're cursed. You can have all the money in the world and miss, hell, and miss heaven. What profits as the scripture says? What profits a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Money ain't gonna get you to heaven. I don't care how much you feed the poor and take care of the widows. If you don't have Jesus as Lord and Savior, you ain't going. I didn't say that. The word of God says that. Paul says you can have all the accolades. You can be a prophet, teacher, pastor, evangelist, and all the gurus, all, all the other things out there. But if you don't walk in love, it's nothing but a sounding gong. It's distortion. Disobedience has taken over this world. Hell widens itself because the body of Christ is disobedient. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, if you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. This was spoken in truth. And I know I preach this scripture a lot. I know, I use it quite a lot. But it's the truth. When it comes to God's purpose, plan, and expectation, how obedient are we? When it comes to the purpose of God in your life, the plan of God in your life, the expectation of God in your life, how obedient are we? Everybody wants the prosperity and the good success, but they don't want to work. They don't want to work into it. They don't want to work, in, they don't want to work towards it or work in it. They don't want to work in their, in their purpose. They don't want to work in, their, in, their, in, in the plan of God and the expectation of God. They're not happy. Well, guess what? God don't make a mistake. If God has called you to be what he's called you to be, it's because God deemed it to be. And the reason why you're unhappy is because you're not walking in obedience to the call on God's life that he put inside of you. Remember, as Jeremiah before, he said, I knew you while you were being formed in your mother's womb. I called you out before you were even a thought in your mama and daddy's mind. I knew you. I called you to, to speak, to pull up, to plant to go before people, and you're not alone because I'll be with you. The reason why you may not, you're unhappy and you're, and you're not happy is because maybe you're not obedient in your call that, you're, that God's called you to be. I've been there. I know what it is to not to operate. I did everything I could not to be in this calling. I was happy in what I, had, in what I was doing for a living. I was happy, but God, I, you've heard me say this. God says, you could be happy or you could be full of joy. And I had to make a decision. And it wasn't, it was a hard decision. Because sometimes when you have to make righteous decisions, it's very uncomfortable. Because in the decision I had to make, I had two mouths to feed. I had an ex-wife I had to pay because it was my responsibility as a father to take care of my children and take care of what I said I was going to do because I ain't a deadbeat daddy. 
And I had to make a decision, but God says, you can stay happy or you can be full of joy. And I remember crying my eyes out in that truck, driving all the way down to Miami, snot running everywhere because I knew I had to make a decision. And I, after I got done, I had to go to my job, my boss, who I befriended. We were very close and just he, because they always wanted to ride in the truck and we always talked about God. And I had to go to that individual and I said, I give you my two weeks. Was it uncomfortable? Yes, because I had to mouse the feed and I had to take care of my child support. And how many people know if you don't take care of your child support, you're in trouble. They'll throw you in jail. And I ain't gonna be nobody's bubba. Uh-uh. I ain't going to jail. Mm-mm. Uh-uh, jail, uh-uh. I've been set free from jail. No, 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 no. And I had to make a decision. Was it an uncomfortable decision? Yes, it was. Did, did sprinkles and rainbows just take out and it was just, I was, ooh, after I did it? No. I was sick as a dog. I was throwing up, diarrhea coming out of both ends. Come on, I'm telling the truth. Because I knew the money wasn't there anymore. I knew it had to be trusting God. Oh, so many of us trusted God. Oh, but I have my retirement. That ain't trusting God. Uh-uh. No, trusting God means you got nothing but God. I had nothing to fall back on. But I realized either I want to be full of joy or I want to be happy. And I said, I want to be full of joy because in the joyness of God, there is unlimitedness, prosperity, and success. See, at that very time, flesh says, you a fool, you a fool, you're going to jail, you're going to be somebody's bubba. You're going to jail, you ain't going to feed your kids, your kids are going to walk, you're going to be a deadbeat this. Oh, that's how your mind plays with you. And it's nice, it's a lie from the pit of hell. But I thank God. But what did I have to do? I had to be obedient to the word of God. Okay, God, okay, I did what you told me to do. Now you're gonna have to show me thy ways and teach me thy path and train me up in the way I should go because I got people to feed. Trust me, that email's coming. That phone call's coming. It's gotta be on time. Lord, I did what you asked you. I'm obedient. Now, you better take care of me. Because you said, if I'm obedient to you, if I meditate on your word, because that's what I went to. I said, okay, God. I couldn't go to prophet this and, and, and author that. Oh, you had a daddy. My daddy didn't take care of me in that. He said, you got yourself in it? You're going to get yourself out. I told you. Because that would have never taught me how to trust God if my daddy and on earth would just sit here, here, son, I love you. I'll take care of you. That was just, that's just a, a Band-Aid over the problem. And we're all guilty of it. Because as a good parent, you want to help your children. You feel for them. Trust me, this woman. And my dad said, Diane, no. 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 Because that's a mother. That's that instinct of nurturing, being there. But you don't understand, you do more harm 
then you are helping. Even though you think you're helping, you're doing more harm because you're not getting them to, to stand on their two feet. Parents, if your child falls, let them pick themselves up. Don't go running, oh my God, you'll never learn how to ride a bike. Because your kid half drowned, let him swim. My dad, threw him in the pool, swim. He let me, then he jumped in. Remember the story, you ever see the TV, the, the, the TV show with, um, with John Wayne? Going back, John Wayne, he's in, he's the kid, don't know how to swim, and the moms are there, and he takes the kid, throws him in the river. The woman's like, he says, leave her alone, leave him alone. He'll get it, get to the other side. And the kid's drowning, oh, is this? oh, keep going, you're doing good, get to the other side. He don't know how to swim. I said, yeah, he does, look, he got to the other side. And he said, when you get he says, I don't know how to swim. And he goes, oh, really? And he grabs her and he throws her in. Sometime God will throw you in. Sometime God, oh, he did it to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He allowed them to go in the fire. They didn't tiptoe in the fire. Ooh, this is good. No, they were thrown in the fire. Matter of fact, the fire was turned up because Nebuchadnezzar was full. He was, he was angry. He was to the point where he was red in the face and, I mean, just snot coming out of his nose. He said, make it hotter! To the point where it was so unsafe that the soldiers got killed. It was so hot. They were thrown in. Hey, because you get thrown in the fire doesn't mean God ain't there. Because if God will show up in the midst of a fire with three men that were obedient, God will show up for you. God will show up for you. It's time this church to be obedient to the calling that's on, on this church. And that calling, if you, if you are an ALM or that calling of this vision is upon your calling. And it's time for you to implement this vision all through your calling. I don't care if you work in the world, you can still take this vision and implement it in your calling outside these walls. And if you're just obedient, you will take every kingdom. Prosperity and good success is not entitled to, to you. We have to get up and get out and achieve it. God declared to Israel that he had promised land for them, but they had to get up and get out and take it. We're not any different, ALM. We have to get out and take it. We have to get, at, get up and get out and take the north, the south, and east, and west. Because it's been promised to us. As it was promised to Joshua, it's been promised to us. The north is ours. The south is ours. The east is ours. The east and the west is ours. And it's time for you to get up and get out and take it. After they was all said and done, Caleb said, hey, I want my inheritance as that was promised to me. He says, I may be 85, but I'm just as strong as when Moses promised me when I was 40. I'm just as strong today. And give me my, what was promised to me. And, I, and Joshua said, go take it. And, uh, and Caleb walked in there. There was giants, but he took them. He got his mountain at 85 because he was full of strength. When you're obedient, when you're obedient, the anointing never leaves. The anointing never leaves your life when you're obedient. Don't let God's prosperity and good success pass you by. Expand your obedience in loving God 
loving your neighbor, studying God's word, pray without ceasing, and go beyond these walls with the good news. Go beyond these walls. Don't let it pass you by because it's here and it's ours. And before Joshua went on to be with God, he laid down the groundwork to Israel and he reminded them, be obedient, be obedient, be obedient. Chapter 24, he reminded them to be obedient, to be obedient, to be obedient, to be obedient. And all of Israel says, yes, we are. And he says, forsake idols, forsake everything, forsake this, the customaries of this world. Stay, stay obedient, keep, keep the law before you, meditate on it day and night. And, he, and all of Israel says, yes, 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 we're gonna do. And I love what he does in uh, Joshua chapter 24, verse 27. Chapter 24, and Joshua said unto all the people, behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it had heard all the words of the Lord, which he has spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. He put it all down, all on that stone, and that stone was a remembrance to Israel. Hey, you promised God, you're gonna obey, and if you disobey, this will show you, hey, you, not God, forsook you. You forsook yourself because you disobeyed everything that you promised God you were going to do. And that was forsake the ways of the world and stay obedient to God. Praise the Lord. Get ready for expansion. You may be watching today and you desire to be saved healed, restored, and transformed. Today is your day. Just say this with me. Jesus, save me from my sins. Heal me from my sicknesses. Restore me back to God. Holy Spirit, transform me to kingdom status. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord, King, and Savior. If you did this today, welcome to the family of God. Until next time, remember, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus restores, and the Holy Ghost transforms.